Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Healthy Perspectives podcast. Thanks for joining us for today's journey, and I hope you enjoy. Hello, hello. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us. We got a big show today. Um, Not positive what I'm going to do the title yet, but I'm thinking something along the lines of COVID, pandemic, monkeypox, character. Uh, Like, what is the character of COVID, pandemic, and monkeypox? But more importantly, where do these fears, falsehoods, lies, deceptions, and secrets come into the picture? Now, that's a big chunk of pie. You're all probably going, oh my gosh, I'm not listening to the rest of this. If If you're thinking that, just hang in there with me. I'll get you there. I, I think I think this one is has the potential of maybe being the best uh, one that I have created. Let's start with a little background. I am an optimist. I tell you that because I have been for a very long time, um, probably as long as I can remember, but because it plays a part in how I approach things, and I don't want to deceive any of you. Being an optimist, it comes with positives and negatives, strengths, weaknesses. The strength is I stay focused on there's got to be a way, there's got to be a way, there's got to be a way. So there's that goal orientation, that that solution focus. I believe that there is something around the corner that's gonna it's gonna break things open and help us be better, both individually, together as a group, all of it. The weakness is sometimes I look for the solutions um, when really we need to figure out what the problem is more clearly. So I can be a little eager to jump or I don't necessarily attack the bad stuff, um, you know, as boldly as I probably could and get away with it, right? And so you're going to notice I'm not as aggressive at attacking the bad, but that doesn't mean I don't. I just tend towards, let's come up with the solution. Let's go flip the page. Let's go to the next chapter. Let's write the next story and so on. So here's my statement of the day. Character is more important than any cause. I know. I know with all this stuff you hear, you hear stuff about different causes, different agendas, uh, you know, different groups. But I'm telling you, character is more important than any of them. It supersedes politics, economics, law. It is one of the fundamental pieces of every relational encounter. Your character, my character. Why? Because character shapes our culture. Culture is the umbrella over politics, economics, law, and I want to be really clear about this. Being attached to a cause creates bitterness, resentment. It becomes the us against them. It is the probably one of the most significant distractors to justice and mercy. The idea of accountability because when we are it's so ingrained in a cause, we point at anybody who is not on our team and we call them bad or 
terrible or evil or horrible or no good. And everybody on our team, even if they're bad, terrible, no good, evil, we say, but they're okay because they support the same cause, which is not true. Character is more important than that. So today I'm going to ask you a really hard question to ponder. This is going to be brutal. And then I'm going to set, I'm going to set the tone for you. I'm going to attempt, attempt to get after this conversation as a starter. That way you're not starting from nowhere. Even if I get 80% of it wrong, I'm starting the conversation with you so you can help fix those things. All right, now I don't think I'm going to get 80% of it wrong. I think I'm going to get a fair amount of it correct. But I may miss pieces and you've got to pick up the slack. you got to help us out. The question is this. What if we all focused on character? More specifically, what if we focused on lies, deception, and secrets? In other words, falsehoods. Our own first and others as well. And agreed to battle those with character. Would things look different? Be different? Feel different? Sound different? I think so. I definitely think so. And I know this is a bit of a pie in the sky because you know I told you I'm an optimist. But imagine if... When that light turned green, if all of the cars hit the gas pedal at the same time, we wouldn't have an accident and we would all get where we're going more efficiently. That would be fantastic. So I know it's a little bit of a pie in the sky because what are the chances we're going to do that? I don't think it's likely, but what I can tell you is we got to be paying attention and we got to be ready to go. And today we're going to be ready to go. My goal here is to start the conversation. It is not to solve it all. I'm not smart enough to solve it all, to be honest. There's too many variables. So I'm going to highlight some of the variables that I have had come to my mind as a therapist. And I'm going to let you ponder them and let you decide what to do with them to further the conversation. If you listen to this particular podcast, probably any of my podcasts, and you don't have conversation about them, You're wasting an opportunity. I don't mean that to be spiteful or mean. I'm just telling you, we've got to be talking about these things. Start with character. What I started to do in my world is to look at the history of character. The idea of morality immediately comes to the surface, as well as traits, right? In the military, J.J. did tie a buckle. Uh, That's a Marine Corps thing. They're different traits, And then the other thing that came out was self, other, and groupings. Now, I say that those are are the three things that really stood out when I looked at what character means, what character is, and how character presents itself. I'm going to start with morality. I'm going to move to traits. And then I'm going to hit this self, other. Actually, let's hit the self, other group topic first. Self, other group. It's the idea that I am here and I'm an individual. But I am an individual within a relationship. There's you. And when we add others, we become infinitely more complex. The collective we. 
Now that's a big deal. The self is the head, heart, soul. You've heard me talk about that if you listen. The other is separate but valuable. It's that assumption in morality that others matter. And then the group is the collective we, meaning it's sometimes a a third entity, the system that ultimately takes precedence. That's called culture. And sometimes the system says it takes preference, but it shouldn't be that way. So we've got to balance those things, the individual, those more intimate other relationships, and then the collective we. Now I'm going to go back. I'm going to hit morality and then traits. Uh, There's, as I was, I think I'm going to do this differently. I'm going to think, I think I'm going to hit morality and traits at the same time. When we look at morality, morality uh, oftentimes, not 100%, but the vast majority of the time, is filtered through the lens of belief systems, religion, stuff like that. So I did some research before, and I have attended several religious um, classes on purpose to understand different religions. I've interacted with people of different faiths on purpose, not because I wanted to change my mind or solidify my mind, but as an attempt to understand other people and other groups of people and their moral beliefs. And I'm going to highlight a few things. Uh, There's one section called the Abrahamic, which is like Catholic, Islam, Judaism. They all fall under that category. Now, they're not all the same. Okay, but I just understand categorically. And then there's Indian, which is Hinduism, Buddhism, uh, Sikhism, and there's some other stuff in there too. Um, when we're looking at Catholicism, Christianity, or the Bible, which by the way, Judaism is biblical. It's Old Testament biblical, but biblical. I'm going to break down that, and then I'm going to look at Judaism, Islam, Hinduism and Buddhism, which if you do any of your own research, you're going to find that those are those are viewed typically as the five most significant religions. That doesn't mean most valuable, most important, but in terms of uh, the body of people, they are the, the largest, they are the most well-known across the globe. So let's start with the biblical, more Christian view. Not because it's the best, just because it's at the top of my list. I got to that and then I actually go to Islam and then Judaism. And so I'm just going to go down my list. The biblical Christian view says these things. Love, forgive, be accountable to yourself and to others. Have awareness. It's not good to be naive. Have courage. Speak truth. Understand truth as much as you can. But be humble, be respectful, have discernment, be of service, grow your wisdom, and the list goes on and on. I'm not cherry picking. I'm literally just looking at some of the the traits. I go down to Islam. Islam says modesty, humility, generosity, courage, forgiveness, patience, wisdom. And that all comes out of the Quran. Judaism, which is, like I said, the Old Testament. Obviously, they're they're in different orders. Uh, The books of the Old Testament are in different orders. Um, 
which has some significance uh, in in the Judaism religion. What do they say? Love, humility, empathy, especially to those who are downtrodden, service, avoid waste, uh, health and wellness is an important thing. Don't waste time. Respect covenant. In other words, relational agreement. Path of peace is important. Diversity and truth is important. I don't know if you're catching this, but I want you to pay attention to how much similarity there is in moral traits between the different religions I'm highlighting so far. Let's go to the next one, Hinduism. Hinduism teaches 10 disciplines. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to tell you those. One is truth, nonviolence, non-adultery, which means uh, sexual morality. Doesn't mean no sex, just sexual morality. Uh, No stealing. Don't be possessive. Cleanliness, contentment. Reading of scriptures, so staying, staying the course. Austerity, perseverance, penance. And regular prayers. That's what it says in Hinduism, the the 10 disciplines of Hinduism. I'm going to highlight the five precepts of Buddhism. Do not kill. That means don't harm. Do not steal. means what's yours is yours, what's mine is mine. Do not lie. Do not misuse sex. That means do sex only as appropriate. And do not consume alcohol or drugs. The Eightfold Path, if you learn it, uh, talks about discernment, wisdom, virtue, morality, concentration, and meditation. These are significant to the Buddhist religion. Why am I going into all of these? I'm not here to teach you all about religion. What I wanted you to pick up is the similarities. Pick up the similarities. When we talk about morality, there are truths that transcend space and time, truths that transcend groups of people, truths, truths, truths. They exist, they are real, they are not made up, and they do not change. One, if we love agape-style love, we're going to have better relationships. They're going to be healthier overall. We're going to feel more content with our life, even if our life is miserable. Being respectful and courageous. Listen to the things that I've said about these things. Having empathy specifically for the downtrodden, like they say in Judaism. That's something that comes out in the Islam faith through forgiveness and patience and wisdom and humility, modesty. These these moral traits are things that we should be focusing our time, energy, and resources on. Our time, resources, and energy are limited. Now I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take a a little right turn here. And I'm going to go into clinical morality. 
because there is a clinical morality, whether therapists want to admit it or not. They try to stay completely unbiased and no way. It's impossible. What isn't impossible is that we add moral structures so that we don't get so far off track that we hurt somebody and we at least conform a little bit to some sense of moral structure. We do that through laws and ethics. The laws in the clinical world are pretty clear. We are mandatory reporters. That's a legal term. That means we protect those that cannot protect themselves. We legally cannot practice without a license, meaning we have to be appropriately trained. In other words, we have to be humble and understand when our limitations are being encountered. We also have these ethical principles. There's a bunch of other laws. I'm not going to get too deep into it, but the ethical principles of autonomy. I don't get to choose your path. When we look back at the the Bible, love, forgive, accountability, it doesn't mean I choose for you. When we look at uh, Islam and we talk about modesty, generosity, courage, humility, that doesn't mean I choose for you. You see, in the religion and in the laws and the ethics of clinical work, there is so much trait overlap that is creating moral structure. That's because morality is a cultural thing. Morality has always been a cultural thing. Politics, economics, stuff like that. Yes, those are part of the culture. But they do not dictate all of the culture, as many would have you believe. The ethics in the clinical world suggest this. Autonomy, non-maleficence to do no harm. Sounds like a moral belief. Beneficent, it's not good enough to do no harm. We have to attempt to do good. That would be like wisdom, right? That would be like truth-telling, courage, discernment, and the list goes on. Justice. Justice is an interesting topic because we have many people redefine justice. And I say that not flippantly, but because I want you to understand what I'm coming from when I speak of justice. It's not about equality. It's about fairness. As Einstein said, if you ask a fish to climb a tree, it will spend its entire life feeling stupid. So I'm not going to ask a fish to climb a tree. But if you're a fish, I'm going to ask you to swim in the water. If you're a monkey, I'm going to ask you to climb a tree. If you are a caterpillar, I'm going to ask you to make a cocoon. And then come out of it a butterfly. Look, I I say that because justice is often misperceived culturally right now. We see people using that language as a means of creating a cause, which we already addressed before. A cause is not as significant as character, fidelity. Fidelity is faithfulness. Faithfulness. That is that loyalty to people, a person. When we look back at the religious ways of saying it, you hear things like respecting the covenant, relational agreement, wisdom, respectfulness, discernment, generosity. And the final one is veracity. Veracity means truthfulness. 
in the clinical world, we have an ethical responsibility to truthfulness. That does not mean we see everything accurately. But when we speak the truth as we see it, it gives the other person an opportunity to see themselves through our eyes. And in seeing that reflection, they can sometimes observe things in themselves that they love or dislike more clearly. And they can either choose to be more of it or less of it intentionally. So when we talk about morality in the clinical world, sounds a lot like morality in the religious world. Now, I'm not saying that all clinicians are religious people. They're not. Uh, I happen to be, but many are not. There are obstacles in morality. I'm going to point to these because this is the battlefield. When we say battle with character, I outlined the traits. Those are the traits. But when I say, what's the battlefield? I mean the obstacles to morality. And those are not as complex as you might think. I start with the basics. Lies, secrets, deceptions. Okay? Lies, secrets, and deceptions. Because they destroy relationships. In a clinical world, that is just as good as saying a fact. If you lie, keep secrets, and you are deceptive, you will go through many relationships. Other moral obstacles, fear, pride, the herd mentality at times, the idea of just joining in to join in, disconnect. That means um, whether that be tribal, meaning the idea of belonging. Uh, when we get too disconnected, that can interfere with our morality. If we get too disconnected, uh, we run into things like mass shooters. It's that disconnect that causes the moral issues. It's also the disconnect of the head, the heart, and the soul. The idea of a complete person being in uh, harmony with itself. Look at the, the Buddhist religion, and they are very good at identifying that part of it. So then the question becomes, what do we do? It starts with a complete moral inventory on you. Not me doing it, not your friend doing it, but you doing it. The next, identify those obstacles that are getting in the way of you being morally who you believe you should be. But then get feedback get feedback from others. They may see something that you can't see, those blind spots. So we do that moral reflection of ourselves. Then we look at the people we hang out with and we do a moral inspection of that. And then we look at the groups that we associate with and we do a moral inspection of that. And then, then the good part. The last part is the good part. When we have done this, and we have done this well, now I haven't told you how to do it well, I'm just telling you how to do it. But when we do it well, we are more intentional, and we focus more on character. Character of the people around us, character of our own. We are more likely to own our stuff when we screw up, 
we are more likely to tell our friend to own their stuff when they screw up. Mistakes are not the problem. Character is a problem. With that, I'm hoping that you have seen a way to start the conversation. Man, play this when you're hanging out with people that you you know, people that are willing and ready to have hard conversation. This won't work if you're trying to play this at a club. It needs to probably go to, you know, a a study group, a book club. It's it's probably going to have to be you and your best friend, you know, at a, a night under the stars. Just hit the hit the play button and then have the conversation that comes from it. It will move you. It will move you as an individual and you as a pair and you as a group. If you played this for a group, please use it and share it with people. Let people know what we're doing here. They need to know so that they can join in and have these hard conversations, these important conversations, these real conversations. Thanks for joining us and have a great one.